cybernetically enhanced humanoid drones of multiple species, organized as an interconnected collective with a hive mind inhabiting a vast region of space. They operate towards one single-minded purpose, to add the biological and technological distinctiveness of other species to their own in the pursuit of perfection. They are the adversary of autonomy, the definition of slavery. They are the juggernauts of an infinite number of quadrants and parallel dimensions, including the mirror universe. The mirror universe has never been so treacherous. Hello and welcome to the Ready Room, the Trucks and Sci-Fi Microcast. This is Kenny, and I play Captain Nathaniel Quinn. And this is Rick, and I play Evil Dr. Margon. And as you can hear, Jen is at RenFest, so, so she will, will not be joining us for this podcast. But um, That's funny you say that, because I could hear that she's not here, because there's <laughs> little flutes playing in the background. It must be RenFest. I'm sorry. But she will be uh, doing an anomaly on the RenFest, so you guys oh, look forward to that. I've really been enjoying that her show. It's been great. Oh, I love the anomaly. And, well, and you know, if, I wish it would come out on a normal basis. I know, but you no, know, no, you can't say the word "normal" and "anomaly" at the same time. <laughs> does on a regular? Okay, I wish it would come out on a on regular basis. There you go. Is that better? Yes. Okay. Um, for today's uh, the Ready Room podcast, back to our show, we are going to be uh, doing the story so far, which we have another six posts. Then we will be discussing it, Rick and I. Then we have a comment from a listener, which is great because he doesn't actually write on the RPG. And he's actually sent in a written comment, but this time he has a voicemail. It's Feathers from the Forums. And then we will do our final thoughts. Great. We are the Borg. Life as you know it is over. You have entered our RPG space. You will adapt to the story so far. All right, for our first post today, it's a joint post by Jen, Wraith1701, and Rico, and it's read by Rico. Feeling awkward after her emotional display, Savril straightened and abruptly stepped away from Talbot. Forgive me, Admiral. She smoothed her disheveled robe and wiped the remnants of tears from her eyes. The cooperative will not wait for an answer regarding our decision. They do not require our response. I can sense Arya's thoughts and she intends to acquire the individual she has requested, despite our reply. Perhaps you should consider contacting the Alliance sooner rather than later. I agree. Please follow me, Talbot said as he strode with purpose through the door that led to the bridge. As Savril fell in step behind him, she noticed an air of urgency and new energy in the Admiral, 
Perhaps he too now had a reason to live. After a very brief and discreet conversation with his personal guard, Talbot moved to the communication station positioned on the second level of the bridge. Hail the dang bar and put it on screen, Talbot barked to the communications officers as he squared his shoulders to face the viewer. The crew that awaited their fate with buried anxiety now shifted at their stations with eagerness. They too sensed something different in their leader, and the ones that had served with Talbot the longest grinned inwardly. The view screen flickered to life as Talbot's guard moved undetected to stand near Savril. She was surprised by their stealth. It made her both uncomfortable and reassured to have them standing so close. One of the guards glared down two security officers. The soldiers at the tactical station turned back to their work, but Savril could hear their thoughts. Resentment simmered within them. Talbot, have you come to realize your need of our help after all, Ramilin Snega? Korak said, pleased seeing what he thought was weakness in this Romulan patak. Admiral Talbot narrowed his eyes at the Klingon. Not exactly, but I do think we can help each other. I have a Klingon aboard. A great warrior, I believe. Does the name Worf mean anything to you? Talbot inquired with wry anticipation. Karak's grin dropped instantly and his eyebrows drew together in a scowl. I'm not sure I understand what you are saying, Admiral, because it almost sounds as though you are holding our regent captive. Let's just say Worf is our guest currently. If you would like him back, I suggest we work together against this cooperative fleet of ships and this Arya person. I don't think it's in the interest of the Empire or the Alliance to let them continue to take who and what they want. Do we have an agreement, Karak? inquired Talbot as he stared at the view screen. Karak's fist clenched involuntarily. I have already agreed to aid Arya in clearing away the remaining Borg vessels in the area. Until then, I won't make a move against her. Unless, he added, she attacks one of my ships or one of my allies... With a sigh of resignation, Karak leaned forward, steepling his hands beneath his chin. For just a brief instant, the burly Klingon dropped his combative, aggressive demeanor. With those shields dropped, it was a tired, battle-weary man who met the Romulan Admiral's stare. Let me be frank with you, Talbot. A part of me actually admires your empire. For centuries, the Terrans managed to hold both the Alpha and Beta quadrants in an iron grip. You took what you wanted, crushing all those who stood in your way. A sad, wistful smile flitted across Korak's face. Why, if it hadn't been for the sabotage of your late Emperor Spock, you might even one day pose a threat to the Klingon Empire. It is out of respect to what your empire once was and what it aspires to become again that I will enter a temporary alliance with you. Like Quicksilver, Karak's demeanor reverted to his normal surliness. His shoulders stiffened and his face contorted with a craggy scowl. A word of advice, though, Admiral. Don't drop your guard. We may be allied for now, but the galaxy isn't big enough for two alpha predators. Sooner or later, our governments will face off on the field of battle, and only one will survive. Karak's scowl warped into a sinister smile. Perhaps we will meet on that glorious day, but until then, we have some Borg to kill. Kopla! Savril quirked an eyebrow at the Klingon's gift for uttering reluctant compliments 
and idle threats in the same breath. She folded her hands before her in thought as she watched Talbot return Korak's smile with a grin of his own. The temporary coalition formed between the Alliance and Empire would be mutually beneficial, but it would not ensure victory. Success was preferred, but the ultimate goal was to prevent the Cooperative and the Borg from gaining a foothold within the Empire. Agreeing to Arya's terms would only postpone the Cooperative's conquest of the Quadrant. The pact made between the Alliance and the Empire was simply a vow to sacrifice their lives rather than surrender their independence. She swept a strand of tousled hair from her eyes and pushed it behind a tapered ear. In a silent request for privacy, the Vulcan eyed the escorts who stood too closely to her. Stepping back, they watched from a safe distance as she warily strode to the Admiral's side on the upper bridge. Perhaps we should speak with Quinn and the others regarding the cooperative's list, she whispered. They should know of the danger they face. Our agreement with the Alliance may not avert their procurement by the Queen. These individuals should be prepared to do what is necessary to prevent their capture during the subsequent battle with the cooperative. The Admiral kept his face on the view screen. I'm certain we shall speak more soon, Karak. Close channel. The image from the Klingon vessel blinked out and he stepped down to the command chair and lowered himself into it. The lanky Romulan turned to glance back at Savril. We shall speak later. I would suggest you find a quiet place and rest. A lot has happened, and right now I have work to do. Talbot said, nodding back to the Vulcan woman and giving her a reassuring grin. Savril had no intention of resting now, but she inclined her head to Talbot and left the bridge with guards following close behind. She would warn Quinn and Peters herself. With little telepathic effort, she found the powerful telepath and told him to meet her in Dr. Peterson's quarters. Our next post is by Hawkeye Meds, also read by Hawkeye Meds. The communications officer pressed his finger on his panel and nodded to the Admiral to acknowledge the communication had been cut. He kept an eye on his sensors and monitored communication activity. He turned his head slightly so he could grasp the conversation between the Admiral and the Vulcan. Catching the words, place and rest, the officer assumed that all was not well with the Vulcan. This stirred mixed feelings inside him. Could this be weakness? Is she ill? The bridge doors pushed open, and he caught the robe of Savril disappear into the lift, followed by her guards. Watching the doors close, he turned and looked at the back of Talbot, who stood upright with his hands behind him. He noticed, though, that the fingers opened and closed, as if to reassure himself. The next post is from Star Trek Fanatic 5, and read by Star Trek Fanatic 5. Quinn passed in and out of consciousness. He recalled Peters telling him to stay there, and that he would be right back. What seemed like minutes, or maybe hours, Reese returned with a med kit and ran a tricorder over Nathan's body. Reese's face fell. You've been infected by the Borg, he said grimly. Quinn looked up into Reese's battered face. I know, he said with a slight grimace, remembering his time aboard the cube only days ago. Reese continued. There is nothing I can do to stop it. We can try and prolong the effects of them taking over your entire system. But I'm not a doctor. I can't do any more than that. Quinn smiled and placed a hand on Reese's shoulder. That will be plenty, my friend. It's so good to see you. Peter smiled and went back to the med kit and pulled out a small cylinder of red liquid and inserted it into the hyperspray. He slowly held it up to Quinn's neck. You could hear the hiss as the liquid was injected into his carotid artery. Instantly, Nathan began to feel better. He knew it wasn't a cure, 
but he was hoping it would stay off his transformation until he could get back to his universe and they would be able to remove the Borg nanoprobes. Quinn looked over at Reese. We need to get to a shuttle bay. Peter's just sat there looking at Nathan. Reese, come on. We don't have time to waste. But Reese did not move. How is this possible? He said slowly. I saw you die. Where have you been all this time? Nathan began to crawl down the Jeffrey's tube. Come on, I'll explain on the way. We must move. Now. Both Quinn and Peters made their way down the Jeffrey's tube heading towards Shuttle Bay 1, when suddenly Quinn was telepathically contacted. Nathan could hear the concern in Severil's thoughts. Meet me in Dr. Peterson's quarters immediately. Quinn stopped crawling and looked back to Peters. Change of plan. We need to get to Dr. Peterson's quarters. Reese didn't ask any questions and said, I know where they are. Follow me. Next up, a post written by Shepard. It'll be read by Billy Bob. This is a strange turn of events, Reese thought. Strange indeed. David Locke is dead, and his Vulcan maiden has taken the throne. How does this change of events affect the future of our universe? Reese stood in the doorway of his small hunting ship, not sure if he should enter and leave the Tiberius for good. He was the one who had caused the events that pushed Savril to kill the Emperor. He might be the next person she would be killing. He thought of getting in his ship, running as far from the war as he could. But that would mean failing to finish his father's mission. He had worked for it since his father died at the hands of a barbaric warlord. He wasn't going to let his father's dreams shatter because of this. He closed the door to his ship and returned to the halls of the Tiberius. Our next post is written by Wraith1701 and read by myself, Moyer777. The battle was furious but painfully short. The collective fleet, already worn down by the Tiberius and her escorts, was mortally wounded by the intervention of Arya and the Borg Cooperative. As they converged on the battle site, the ships of Klingon Cardassian Armada found little to occupy them. The few remaining cubes were quickly dispatched. Multiple warships unleashed their disruptors and torpedoes on the limping Borg ships, leaving smoldering wreckage in their wake. At the head of the Klingon Armada, the odd-shaped ship of Captain Voss circled lazily. The cruiser wove through the debris field like a vulture searching for carrion. On the bridge, Captain Voss frantically searched the viewscreen for more targets. Caught up in the fever of battle, the Klingon silently chewed on his lower lip. Please tell me that we have missed a ship or two, he hissed, frustrated at the lack of targets to vent his aggression on. The lanky Klingon leaned forward on his seat. Negative, sir, replied the tactical officer. The only remaining ship belongs to the Terrans. The officer turned and spat on the deck in disgust. And, of course, to our new allies, the Cooperative. On the command armrest, Voss' hand hovered over the trigger of the softly thrumming Thaleron generator. Despite Karak's orders, Voss was determined to activate the device, cleansing the area of all threats to the Alliance. Perhaps the Admiral's judgment is slipping, he thought. Either that or he's being influenced by the leaders of the Borg Cooperative. It is my duty to end this now, before he dishonors himself further. Activate personal log, Voss said. As the ready light winked on, the captain began to fabricate his justification for his intended actions. Due to a malfunctions of our communication systems, Admiral Korak's last orders were somewhat garbled. 
As per his last clear instructions, I am going to activate Plan Klingon Fire. Once the device housed within this vessel is activated, a pulse of Thaleron energy will irradiate this entire sector, purifying it of all traces of the Terran and Borg filth. A maniacal grin lit Voss's face. What I do now, I do to ensure the survival of our glorious alliance. Kapla! As Voss opened the cover of the trigger, his attention was drawn by a disturbance at the rear of the bridge. Glancing over his shoulder, he was greeted by the sight of a dark-skinned Terran slave struggling with one of his guards. A blow to the head by the butt of the guard's disruptor pistol sent the slave to his knees, where he knelt looking up at Voss. "'I won't let you do it!' the slave yelled. "'Aharia offers the galaxy the promise of order and harmony! I'll die before I let you threaten that dream!' "'Yes, you will, slave,' Voss replied. "'Someone kill this Terran dog and throw his corpse off my ship!' And our final post for this week is written by Hawkeye Meds, also read by Hawkeye Meds. The ops officer hovered his finger over the internal sensor section of his panel. He had turned it off around an hour ago now, and had been able to keep his actions quiet. He got nervous when he had heard the voice of the interrogator come through the communication system, demanding to know why the sensors were offline. It was only a bit of luck that no one had noticed what the column was saying because of the huge explosion on one of the board cubes had caused everyone to concentrate on the view screen. He couldn't keep the sensors offline any longer. It was clear that changes had happened, and that maybe his involvement had helped. He pressed six logs quickly, and a small flash came up and then off again. He muted his panel so not to alert anyone, and then the internal sensor panel began churning out information. He shot back in slight panic, as there was no way he could hide this. He looked over at the comm officer, but he was too busy trying to spread the bandwidths of the other ships. Then at the other officers, but no one noticed. He turned back, and watched as the light slowly disappeared. Behind him, Admiral Talbot watched out of the corner of his eye, and then drew his eyes back to the view screen. So, so that's the story so far. Um, not a huge amount of stuff has happened. Uh, well, like, enough, enough has happened. Though. Well, kind of yeah. Some cool little plot developments. Yeah, de- oh, yeah, and the story is still continuing to move forward, which is great because it's not becoming stagnant. Um, it's just some, you know, so there were some very small, there were smaller posts, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. And it did move the story along. Let's start with um, Quinn. Quinn no. and, and, and Reese. So, um, actually, we need to start with Talbot and Servril. Yeah, and then we'll go they to actually the dynamic lead, duo. Yeah, and... they lead into Quinn and Reese. That's so, right. with Talbot and Servril, what are they up to? Well, let's see. Let's see. They have... Um, she's having some more uh, talks with him. Um, remember, last time on the Ready Room... Last time on the Ready Room, we, uh, we saw that they were kind of going to going to rule together they were going to do a partnership mm-hmm. uh, then anyway this time it looks like um, Talbot has been talking to the Negvar or is that how you say it Negvar yeah. I guess that's how I'm reading it so I yeah. guess that's how we're saying it <laughs> he, he's talked to um, the folks on the Negvar and they're not very happy with him um, he had you know they're talking about how they have Worf yeah. And if, if they're going to do anything rash here, they're not going to get Worf back. And so they're they're trying to make a, a deal. And um, I'm not sure how good that deal is going to work now. Well, no, yeah, because didn't, uh, they made a deal with Arya also. Right. The Alliance and did. 
so there's a lot of weird stuff going on and they're all everybody's still you know there's a lot of tension between everybody but it's kind of cool and and i also noticed that um Savril is um i don't know she's just a very deep character in this whole thing and it's really interesting how she is um she's having struggles in in working with the admiral and it's just gonna be really interesting to see what finally happens yeah um, well, yeah, I mean, but her whole her whole life has changed now that the fact that she's pregnant. Yes, she, when she when she joined this whole thing, you know, to infiltrate the empire, she intended to die. Right, you know, to she, get, and get vengeance. And on. get vengeance. Yeah, that was right. her whole goal. Her goal right. was not to survive after and deal with the emotions of what she was been through, and now right. she's pregnant on top of that. You know, right. So. Yeah, she's definitely going through a lot of stuff. Well, and I think it's interesting towards the end of uh, our little scene here with her and Talbot and the the Klingons and everything. Um, she finally reaches out to uh, to Quinn. Yes, and and sends this telepathic message. Let's meet in Peter's quarters. Yeah. Yeah, because she knows he's in trouble. Oh, no, not Peter's quarters. In Peterson's quarters. Peterson's quarters. Yes, Peterson's. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so that's where um, Quinn's story picks up. Um, you know, he's he's slowly uh, regenerating because he remember he was injected with Borg the nanites. nanites. That's yeah. He got nanoprobes in him. He got nanoprobes. So they're slowly taking over his system. He's resisting a little bit, and then uh, Reese went out and got a medical kit and. He also injected him with something that is some red, red liquid. What red, is the red, red liquid? Yeah, there red you go. Red licorice. He, inje- he injected that into Quinn, and that's slowing down the process of the Borg nanoprobes. Also, so they hope, they hope it is. Well, we hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're the you're writing it. I don't know if it's I'm writing it. No, I'm writing it, and I'm trying to keep it as real well realistic as possible because yeah. normally if someone's injected with borg nanoprobes they are like almost instantly you know turn to borg yeah and yeah. quinn is obviously a main character and he has to continue to be quinn yeah. you know <laughs> off now you know my intent when 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 we first brought this whole story of quinn going to the mirror universe they wanted to borgify him and i was right. adam- adamantly against it because i didn't want right. to play a borg quinn then when I actually got into the storyline and I started writing it, I'm like, you know what? He has to be, he has to be injected. Some, just, it heightens it heightens the tension if he's injected. So I'm like, okay, right. I'll inject him, but then I'll just because he's so powerful as a telepath, because he's you know in tune with his body, he's he's controlling it more. So he's you know pre- he's preventing you know it from taking over. You know what's interesting? I took a class one time and uh, I went to an acting seminar and they they were talking about how to deepen your character without writing a whole lot and this is exa- you've done this and, and I don't even know if you realize you've done it but with Quinn when you when you take a strong character like that and then you insert a, a, a huge weakness into them mm-hmm. that's what causes the character to, to deepen and be very very interesting if you look at some of the best movies out there the some of our favorite characters are amazing heroes but they have great flaws yeah. and that makes them interesting to us because that's really true in humanity. There, for every great thing that we have, we also have a, a, a the evil counterpart lurking in us of that we are capable of some pretty bad stuff. And with Quinn, 
he's always been so strong and he has such a, a commanding presence and everything. And now he's got these nanoprobes in him and he's got a weakness. It's like an Achilles heel. Yeah. And he can't. Uh, so you you see this person is struggling to be dominant and be in control. But at the same time, there's nothing he can really do about this other thing happening to him. And it makes the character just immensely deeper, you know, and, and yeah. you, great job. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I don't know if that was intentional, but maybe subconsciously it was, but... Well, it worked. Yeah. Yeah, so right now, he and Reese are crawling through Jeffrey Tubes. They were heading to the shuttle bay until Savril contacted Quinn telepathically. And, and what what do yeah. you think about... Um, I love um, Hawkeye Meds. Meds, you started writing these little blurbs about this communications officer and his perspective, or hers, I think it's a he. It's a he, um, yeah. Yeah, his perspective on what's going on on the bridge of the Tiberius, I believe. And it's just interesting to see his perspective on Savril, on Talbot, and from a different perspective, not from a main character, but from somebody yeah. just watching what's that's happening. What, that's, I think it's, we love really good. that. Yeah, especially when his main character is out of commission at the moment. Right. Really so good. I've to be able to really pick up, a, yeah, to be able to pick up a, a non-character and actually. Yeah convey emotions and things through this character which is always cool yeah. because it's a totally different perspective you know he's not I, part, I, he's not he's not part of any of the plan he's just the guy there going what's going on you know the emperor's dead and this is happening and well yeah. and imagine what you what we would feel like if we if, if you put our i mean and again the story is so cool because it it made me put myself in the story what would i think if i was a bridge officer yeah, and all and all of a sudden the emperor's dead or gone, yeah. yeah. And these new people are taking over. I'd be thinking about my job and how I'm going to do this. And then with a, a Klingon ship staring me down, am I going to get blown out of the water? What's going to happen? And he does that, and it's great. I yeah. just love it. It makes it's, a real human perspective from it. Yeah, or that's one alien. one thing I liked about Star Trek, um, especially with uh, there was an episode called Lower Decks on the Next Generation. Yeah, that was a great episode. And it was you know it's characters that we don't know. It's, they're all, you know, lower uh, officers, you know, ensigns and lieutenants. And, right. you know, they, they had like the one main, like Nurse Ogawa, who we've known right. from previous, you know, just so we were familiar with the group. Right. But and then the, the you, girl that, that messed up. Oh, yeah, head. that's right. Yeah. And they brought her back. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, I mean, you know, and, and that is probably one of my most favorite episodes of TNG. And a good one. the main actors aren't really featured in it. But just to see th th these people's perspective of life aboard the Enterprise, because yeah, you know, there's, they, there's thousand, you know, there's a thousand plus people on that ship, yeah. and we only see the life of the main what eight, nine people. Yeah, it, it reminds me also of the Voyager episode where Jane, remember Jane, we had those um, worked with that group of young, young. Officers. Oh yes, yes, when they were on the shuttle. Yeah, very similar. Matter, yeah. Went down into the depths of Voyager, and you know the guy was sitting there picking his nose and not really doing a whole lot, but very intelligent and kind of had a bad attitude. But yeah. it was just really cool to see a different side of things because we're so used to seeing the polished, yeah, you know, polished great characters that are every week entertain us and stuff. So it was great to see the behind the scenes. It's kind of like watching behind the scenes stuff. It was cool. Yeah, it was very cool. So that's why I like. By the way, Meds, that's why I like your posts with this guy on the bridge. I think that's cool. It brings a different dimension to the story. Yeah, so keep it up. So let's talk about um, let's talk about what's going on with this Klingon that is full of glory. Oh my god, that's right, because the, the whole illusions back, of the back started. 
Yes, the also, battle has started, but boy, the, it's not going the way we thought it would. Not not what I thought. I mean, the Borg no. are almost gone. Yeah. Um, which obviously the Borg king isn't dead, you know, because the kings don't die. That's right. You know, John Luke. Oh, I mean, I mean, Locutus. 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 That's right. <laughs> so, um, you know, he may rear his head up again, even though the Borg are, you know, they're just outmanned. They have three different factions attacking them. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, they're just, you know, the Borg are strong, but not with, you know, their cousins, the cooperatives, who are Borgish, you know, yes. and they're super but, strong. And then you have the Alliance, and but yeah, the, what's with this Captain? Is it Voss? Vass? Voss or Vass? I guess I'm gonna read it, read the post, so I better say, <laughs> I'm gonna say Voss. There we go. The maniacal grin lit Voss's Voss. But yeah, what what is go, what's going on with them? I think he has illusions of grandeur. I think he is excited about. Yeah, but he's about out. to blow up his ship and take out everybody. I was going to say, and everybody else. <laughs> like, you know, not just himself. He's he's taking out the entire all the ships around him. Lift your goblet high for today. We die. I don't know. He's, <laughs> he's definitely in trouble. But I think um, he's got another thing coming though. And we well, won't yeah. say any more than that because it's 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 on the next post. Well, that's how it ends. That's right. Yeah, this week, this this, and you know that's probably one of the better posts that we. Oh no, actually, we end with meds. Yeah, we end with meds. Seeing but the post right before that is the wraith one where yeah. it ends with. Uh, I like how he uses the old the old. I'm sorry, the communication was uh, garbled and I didn't get everything, so I'm going to go ahead and blow everything up anyway. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like, I'm sorry, I didn't hear the Admiral's, or yeah, Admiral Karak's last orders. They're kind of garbled, so I'm going to I'm gonna go ahead and just put on the self-destructing. It's going to blow up the galaxy. No big deal. No biggie. Yeah. But we'll die with honor. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the Klingons. Yes, they are very fun. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the story so far, and then and then uh, of course the last one we heard was from uh, Hawkeye Meds again, and uh, yeah, yeah, the one you know I just realized the one that we were just discussing is the 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 very first one of next week, right? So right that the right. destruction of you know I don't know if we should have talked about that. Well, well, no, 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 no. It, he does say that he's going to do something bad. That's true. We just don't say exactly what he does yet. Okay. All right. We'll leave it at that. Well, there you go. That's the story so far. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's moving along nicely. Comments or suggestions, email them to thereadyroompodcast at gmail.com. Speaking of comments, we actually got an audio comment from our buddy Feathers on the forums. Hey, it's a first audio comment. Well, it's our, technically our second audio comment, so. That's, come on, right there. We're here we go. Right Woohoo! Here. Come on, here we go. Thank you, Feathers. This, this is just, it's, it's a great moment on the Ready Room Podcast. <laughs> I'm just excited. I'm dancing around with my dog, Tess. Okay. <laughs> that was actually a, I think this is a birthday card somebody gave me that's huge. It's gigantic, and it's awesome, and yeah. Yeah. Very cool. But yeah, so we do have a comment from one. And what's great is that Feathers is on the forums, and he doesn't participate in the RPG. He just listens to it. So you never know, though. Maybe someday, Feathers, you might. No, you never know. You never could know. Be a writer. You talk something. really nice. I like your, your voice. It's cool. Yeah. So anyways, let's take a listen to that, and then we'll right. talk okay. about it. All right. Great. 
Hi, this is Kenny from California. Well, it's not. It's Mike from London and Feathers on the Forum. But for some reason, I've always wanted to have a go at Kenny's intro, so I thought I'd get it out of my system today. Unlike some people, though, I'm not going to have a go at doing the accent. So I emailed you a couple of weeks ago, and as far as I can tell, that seemed to have quite an impact. So I thought I'd get one better this time and try and do an audio comment. After all, you can never have too many real British accents on a podcast. Impressions just don't give the same effect. So why am I talking to you? I've sort of forgotten. Um, issue of confusion came up in the last couple of podcasts, and there was some concern that people didn't really know what was going on. And to a degree, I have to say that with the complexity of the story this season, there's going to be an element of that. Whereas in a normal season, you had the first-person focus sitting on the Arabella, albeit with various people in various decks and departments and so on, it's been fairly concentrated on the one ship and the one mission. Here in the Mirror Universe, you've got Queen as a fish out of water and four other factions, all with different members of the Arabella crew, or their Mirror counterparts, involved in that. So you have a first-person focus that's jumping from person to person, ship to ship, and there's a certain amount of confusion implicit in the way that's put together. Equally, having said that, while I confess that listening to the first couple of podcasts of, of Act 2, it took a little while to get my head around quite who was where and doing what, once that had sunk in, it hasn't really been a problem to me ever since. You know, I can I can follow, even with the week-long gaps between podcasts and instalments of the story, I can follow what's going on, I can still remember who's where and who's doing what. Well, as much as anything else, I guess that's a, a, a testament to the quality of the writing that, that's gone into this. So, uh, if you wanted some reassurance on that issue, then take this as that. If you didn't want any reassurance on that issue, then ignore me completely, I don't mind. But, uh, thanks for putting it all together, guys. I'm sure this won't be the last time you hear from me. And no, I'm not going to say cheerio. Bye-bye. First off, thanks, thanks, uh, Feathers, for... Uh you know, not attempting an Eng- or a, uh, American accent. I really appreciate that, even though I threw me you stories. threw me off at the beginning, saying this is Kenny from California. That was awesome. I was like, oh wow, I sound a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> and I really liked. Uh, anyway, I thought that that was great. That was great. Yes, and I really, like I said, I really enjoyed your comments, just for the fact that you are a non-writer, um, and thank you for being honest. And you know, and I, I agree. It, the story at the beginning was confusing just for the fact that we had four different factions and there's people all over the place. And But um, I'm glad to, to hear if you read it all, pay attention, you can actually keep track of it. And yes. um, and you're living proof of it. So I really appreciate your comments. And um, we hope you continue to send us comments. Yeah, I really think, uh, Feathers, you should do your own podcast because I'd listen to your voice all day. I really like Yes, it. you have a really good voice. And, of course, I always like the English accent. So, Yeah, well, maybe he could – maybe even if you don't participate in writing, maybe you could read some posts there, Feathers. Oh. Since we now know you have recording capabilities. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good idea. I'm trying to do a little good recruiting. Good idea. Thing. Good idea, Rick. Yeah. I think Very would be good. great. I really enjoy. It. I, I just like all the different uh, folks that do the readings. It's great to hear different uh, perspectives and different uh, voices, and just makes the story entertaining. Yeah. It's nice. Well, yeah. I think someone even mentioned also having a different reader. I think there was was it feathers. It was somebody who mentioned about having different readers let you focus on the story more, yeah, rather than who's reading it because there's always someone different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did like that that thought. So, yeah. 
So thanks for sending that in. Thank you. And if anybody else wants to send in comments like uh, Feathers, then uh, I keep calling him Feathers, but it's actually Mike. But um, anyways, so if, yeah, if you want to send in any comments like Feathers slash Mike from the UK, you can go ahead and send it to the Ready Room Podcast at gmail.com. We'll take audio or written emails and we'll just read them ourselves. And we'll do it with or without accents. Absolutely anything you send. Uh, you haven't learned your lesson, have you, Rick? No. Don't insult no. people with accents. Just can't. <laughs> it was the French ones from last week that uh, we didn't get any comments. We did. I Billy can... Bob. Billy Bob mentioned. Oh, he's, did, he, oh that's he right. Born, that's yeah, right. he's Canadian French. That's right. But, uh, you know, I wasn't ditzing on the Cana- French Canadians. I was just French people in general. And, you know... <laughs> I'm sorry for anybody that's French. You're sorry. To... You're sorry that they're French. No, no. I'm sorry. I tried <laughs> doing your accent because I do such a horrible job. You silly English Canadian. Uh, so, all right. Yes. I told them we already got one. Okay. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. So let's move on to our final thoughts. We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. Plug into your alcove as we communicate our final thoughts. All right, so for our final thoughts, what do we have, Rick? Well, first of all, it's very difficult to do the Ready Room podcast without Jen. Because, Jen, I don't know what it is about you, but you have this air about you that causes Kenny and I to make crazy jokes. And (laughs) it's not the same without you. You're at RenFest. We miss you. And I was th- yeah. I was trying to think of different fests that people would go to that are regular um, contributors to the forum or to the RPG game, and I was thinking that uh, Brian um, CD would go to Run Fest. That's very funny. Yeah, and mm-hmm. um, I, it's okay if you don't laugh. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll add some can laughter there. Let me see. What would Rico go to? He'd go to Chem Fest. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm just trying to think of all these different things that rhyme with Ram that uh, run, ran, cam. Um, yeah, anyway, I, I, I don't have any more. I just was being goofy. That was a good Sorry. effort there. Yeah. Well, anyway, for final thoughts, though. Um, um, yeah, people should write more like me. And, yeah, where uh, is Margon? Margon is busy working on a Christmas project. <laughs> <laughs> so he hasn't had time to write. Uh-huh. I mean, to be involved in the story. He's coming back. He's, he's coming back. Well, yeah, eventually we're going to be back in the regular universe and you'll yeah, be and you'll regular Margon. A regular Margon. And I, I won't be fishing people's eyeballs out or anything. So that'll uh, be good. Or shoving big poles in the back of their heads. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Hollow, um, hollow cerebral. Cere- cerebral? <laughs> Cerebral cortex imagers, scanners, yeah. whatevers. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Just write some more, and and uh, I know we've had a few people drop out because of of uh, different reasons, but uh, the story is continuing, and I'm sure that um, yes. after a and little bit we'll be going into Act Three. Yeah, we're right now um, amongst the PMs. There's a word going around of how we're going to try to resolve current uh, currently, you know, Act Two, ending it and. Getting into Act 3. And I'm sure once Jen is back, um, we will start moving forward because I think it's time to move on to Act 3. Yeah. To, you know, because we're, we're battling right now. The battle's almost over. 
Yes. Um, and then we'll just deal with the, you know once the morgue are dealt with, then we have to deal with the cooperative right. who are going to be after Quinn and a few other people. So that's right. So we have to figure out a way for that all to kind of yeah. Wrap. Which or, which we're working on right now. I know, like I said, there's people talking on the sidelines about how to resolve it. So. I have this funky idea I'm going to run past you and Jen, but uh, I won't do it here live on the <laughs> podcast. All right, cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, other than, you know, uh, asking you for more comments uh, about our ready room, do you like it? Do you hate it? Is it confusing? Uh, what would you like to see different? Because we have changed our format over, you know, the 36 podcasts that we've done. Um, which is a lot. Which is a lot. I know. Tell me. You know, because there's, what, 52 weeks a year? Yeah. So we're more than half a year. That seems like every week, you know. Well, great job. And I know it takes a lot of extra effort, so thanks for all – you and Jen do a considerable amount of editing. And And thanks for joining us. I mean, you you, – your addition to our Red Room has really elevated it to something that we never expected because, I mean, people are enjoying it more. Yeah, well, I didn't expect it. Comments. yeah, I didn't expect it at all. So don't <laughs> feel weird about it. I'm like, what? Yeah. Anyway, it's just fun. I like yeah. to talk. And that, yeah. you know, liking to talk is helpful. Yeah. So anyways, um, I think. For a podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think that. I'm stop now before it's too bad. <laughs> just don't bring up any chocolate mousses. Oh, yes. The chocolate mousse. One or day. Chocolate. One, get, one day these people will hear the chocolate mousse mouse and, yeah, and, when you, and when you do, I don't know. I, I, I still am having problems with my bladder after that. That uh, was just I don't that fun yeah. moment in time. <laughs> I've, I've never really had a time where I had to turn off my mic and just howl and roll around on the floor because I was laughing. Uh, so. That was difficult. And yeah, yeah, it was hard to continue after that. Amy wondered what was going on. Harry wondered what was going on with you. And we were just like, we were, we were out. I mean, I don't know how you edited that whole thing together because we had laughed more than we ever talked. So, uh, yeah, Great. it was, it was tough. But one day, one day when uh, I have some free time, I'll, I'll cut something together. That'll be cool. From our chocolate mouse incident. <laughs> well, there you go. That's the Ready Room podcast for this week. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm Rick. And this is Kenny. Hailing frequencies closed. All music on this podcast was performed by Rick Moyer or his royalty-free music. Also, I would like to thank Nitrano 7 for the introduction music. This coming Saturday, November 8th, is a very special day as it is the birthday of the one and only Rico. So I just want to take this opportunity right now to thank Rico for everything that he's done. Um, I would not have this opportunity to be doing the Ready Roof podcast if he hadn't created the Trucks and Sci-Fi podcast. And then the awesome Trucks and Sci-Fi forums in which we do our RPG. He's kind, generous, offering his uh, feed for our podcast and his forum for our creative writing And I just wanted to thank him and to wish him a very, very happy birthday. And by the way, I have a few friends who also like to say something. Take it away, guys. Hi, Rico. This is Joe from Toronto, a.k.a. Billy Bob from the forums. And uh, unlike Admiral Kirk, I do know what to say in 
this situation, which is happy birthday. Surely the best of times. Hi, this is Mike from London again. Just want to say happy birthday, Rico. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, the Rico. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Rico, from Brian CD on the forums, baby. Hey, Kenny, thanks for having us on The Ready Room. We we are so excited about being able to do this. I'm Rick. And this is Nathan. And this is the... No, it's not the Father and Son Review. It's not. But uh, we do want to say one thing exciting to you, Rico, if you're listening. Happy birthday, Rico. Rico. Hey, we're so happy that you have a cool Trex and sci-fi podcast and forum and ready. Get the door, Nathan. I think somebody's at the door. Okay. No way. Hey, how you doing? Bob, Gabular, what's up? Hello, Earthlings. We are here to wish Rico a happy hatching day. I think you you got the house mixed up. He lives a few states away. Well, like a quite a few states away, for goodness sakes. Oh. Oh, we got our navigational charts messed up. What? what is that? Is that a cake? It looks like a cake. Alert! Activate fire suppression systems. How many candles are on that cake, anyway? We may lose oxygen in this room. Let's sing. Happy hatching day to you. Happy hatching day to you. Happy hatching day, dear Rico. Happy hatching day to you. That was great. And we don't have many more. When you're 44, probably older than that. That is very mean, Bob. Sorry. Okay, guys, you're going to have to leave now. Okay, see ya. Bye. Bye. Hey, Rico. This is Fartok. I've spent literally hours listening to the treks in sci-fi historical records (laughs) in order to document your finest moments. I hope you enjoy this short birthday tribute. The Treks in Sci-Fi Podcast, Rick Dosty, and I want to welcome everybody to the show. It's uh, my little uh, corner of the universe in talking about science fiction and Star Trek and Oh, I just want to say, I, I, for some reason, I feel a little nasally today. I don't know. The weather here is changing in Michigan or whatever it is. I don't come to Trips and Sci-Fi, everyone. This is Rico. I'm going to talk really fast during the podcast today. How about that? Maybe we'll get done in maybe 45 minutes. What do you think? No. I can't do that. First off, it sounds dumb. And uh, I hope, uh, you know, if you are brand new to the podcast, where have you been? I, that's all I have to say. <laughs> geekery uh, love fest <laughs> just uh, those kinds of things and for those that have been here for years uh, why are you guys still here <laughs> I'm in a bit of a goofy mood today as you can tell so uh, I almost said almost said July why would I do that what I'm calling wet sci-fi and it's about about a, uh, excuse me blah 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 <laughs> 
Oh, it's a little too early today, I think. But um, but um, let's let's move forward. I think certain immutable core elements. Immutable. Who uses that in an interview? This is the third anniversary live spectacular. Your host uh, as normal. Almost said 2007. Where did that come from? And I think if maybe if I knew all the hours and days and work that I was going to put into this whole thing, I may have thought different. Got a just the normal good old classic Treks in sci-fi type of show for you this week, uh, folks. Uh, no weird dancing by Rico or just to help pay for the uh, web hut. The, <laughs> There, there's my blooper or my uh, stumbling over my words today. Of uh, uh, mostly uh, women, babes, I would say, and the kind of my appreciation of all the 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 very attractive women and yeah, well, I'm young, I'm young at heart at least, I, I think. So uh, if you get don't get your uh, weekly dose of Trex and sci-fi, I don't want you hulking out on me. It's two Australian college students named uh, Chucky. Chuck, I don't know. I'm not really sure. And I have no idea really what's going on. There's a lot of theories floating around. I don't know. I'm starting to kind of wonder about that. I, I, I just, there's some things that have happened that are really hard to, for me to explain. So this uh, show each week, or each each week, not each week, uh, each year, this is what I have to say to, to CBS. Oh, gosh, now my microphone is... <laughs> it's New Year's Eve 2005, and rather than being out, I'm podcasting. I had the weirdest dream last night. I I, I, don't, I don't even know if I should really talk about this on the podcast, but hey, what the heck. I was out with my wife, and we were in some kind of a store, maybe a craft-type store or something like that. And then she walks out, and I'm kind of down the way a little bit, not near her. Well, she ends up getting in the car, in, in a different car with her brother and they just sort of drive off and and leave me but my car starts itself up and starts driving away too now there's probably some psychologist out there maybe listening to this podcast who who will analyze my dreams and and let me know if i'm crazy or not but I, i don't know what all this means 